Today I want to talk to you once again about how you can experience the best that God has for your family. We're in this series called Linked, which is such an important series for helping you connect as distance people. We've asked God to help us connect with the needs of our own heart in the first few weeks, and we'll also have asked God how we can love our neighbors. Well, we're in this section now where we're talking to God and asking him about how we can more deeply connect with those that are in our homes. I'm really excited about the passage that God is going to be speaking to us through this morning. It comes out of 2 Kings chapter 22. We'll start in verse 11, and then we're going to move over to 2 Kings chapter 23. So it takes some time to find that in your Bible. And what we're going to do today is focus on helping the leaders of your home remain tender to God's word, take action with courage in your community, and do these things while at the same time being able to influence others in your home to love God. That's really where we're going this morning. What does it look like to take your faith and the thing that you care about happening in your community and it actually impact the way that those in your home see God and live out their faith? I realize that not all of you have children in your home, but many of you do, but this applies to everyone. So here we are in the book of 2 Kings. The book of 1 and 2 Kings tell a story about Israel's kings. And much of the story is about a people who rebel against God's law. It's a terrible reality as we think about this group of people, the Israelites, who've been in trusted with this special relationship with God. They've been given a list of rules or the law to obey. And throughout their history, they go through periods of disobeying and periods of obeying. Well, we pick up in 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 11, in the story about Josiah. Look at 2 Kings 22, 1 and 2. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. Well, 2 Chronicles chapter 34 tells us that at 16 years old, just eight years into being king, Josiah began seeking the Lord more seriously. It's hard to believe he became king at eight, but he did. Well, at 16, the scripture says that he began seeking the Lord more seriously. Look at again at 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 2. Hang with me. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and walked in the way of David his father. And he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. Josiah is leading God's chosen people, the Israelites. And as I recall all that I've learned about Josiah over the years, I remember him being a king who is a courageous, godly leader. I have aspired to be like him and hope to lead people who are also leading their homes like Josiah led Israel. He's one of the most notable king, kings in all of Israel's history, which is, uh, stands out. He stands out because there are so many kings who are not godly. In fact, his grandfather, Manasseh, was regarded as one of the most ungodly kings in all of Israel's history. But here's Josiah. At 16, he starts seeking the Lord, which is encouraging, hopefully, to those of you that are teenagers that are listening. You can have a real vibrant relationship with the Lord early in your life. And at 20, Josiah is recognized for his work to restore uh, 
his people to a right relationship with God. And at 26, he does something. This is about 610 BC. He does something that turns out to be his greatest life's work. And it's going to be a renovation of the physical epicenter of Jewish life called the temple. So the temple had fallen into disrepair and had been desecrated by others who had built pagan altars and images in it. And Josiah decides that it's time for a renewal or restoration of this place that, again, is the physical epicenter of Jewish religious life. It's the epicenter of the community. He tells the high priest to take the collected tax money and to clean it up. Well, the high priest does it, has a team of people doing it, and while cleaning it up, they find what's called the Book of the Law. And the book of the law is read to King Josiah. Now check this out. 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 11 says this. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. In verse 19 of chapter 22 says this. He wept. This is an epic moment in Israel's history. They are far from God. Their temple, the religious epicenter, has altars that are to false gods. The book of the law is read to the king and he tears his clothes, he weeps. He is confronted with the truth so stunning that he can no longer contain his emotion. I have this image in my mind of a real serious sports fan who believes that his team is truly the best there is. He's in the championship game and the other team stuns him with beating his team. Do you know that feeling or that look on their face where he's just torn and tearing his clothes and broken? He's expected something and shocked by something else. This is how Josiah is. He's broken. Why? Because he's heard the commands of God, the truth of God's word, and he's realized that what he thought was true and what he thought was the way that people ought to be living is not true. God commands something different. His love for God meant a knowledge of God's commands, moving him to genuine repentance. It manifests itself in the way that he stands, he weeps, he tears his clothes, he's truly broken. And 2 Kings chapter 23 talks about Josiah's work to restore the place of worship. But I want you to notice something. Renewal in the community begins in a leader's heart. Renewal in your home begins in your heart. Check that out. For reform to happen in our community, it must start in our homes. For reform to happen in our homes, it must start in our hearts. And you say, whose hearts? And I would say, your heart, if you're listening, especially if you're a leader in your home. There's so much in our community we know God will transform, but it will not happen unless it starts with us. I want for the sound of what this passage is saying to come to you with power. Let me talk specifically to those of you that want something different in your homes. I mean, those of you who recognize a need for change, especially if it is in another person, maybe it's in a spouse, maybe it's in a child, maybe it's in another family member. You want something different for them and you know that if something different happens in them, that something different will be created in your home. Listen carefully to me. Real transformation in your home begins with you first getting right with God. 
You cannot take responsibility for somebody else's relationship with God. You can take responsibility for your relationship with God. Josiah did not see others change until he was first willing to repent of his own sin. Look at 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 3. And the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of the covenant that were written in his book. He's saying this and doing this before the Lord in front of his leaders, in front of a crowd of people. Look at the next part. And all the people joined in the covenant. Josiah got right, then the people got right. Josiah was confronted with the need to repent of his own sin, and then the people that he led felt a conviction of God to repent of their sin. Now we know that Josiah repented and he meant it. We know that he meant it because the entire rest of the chapter lists the ways that Josiah leads a community-wide purging of anything that dishonored God. He didn't just say, oh God, I'm so sorry, and then go about his everyday normal life. No, he took action based on the stirring of the Holy Spirit in his heart to do something about the brokenness in the community. His actions support his words of commitment to God. And people follow his leadership with their commitment to God. This is a good word for those of you, like me, who are leading in your homes. Talk is cheap. When you say you want to get right with God, then that will affect your actions. Look at 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 4, where he commands his team to do something about the wickedness in their community. Tells the high priest, bring out of the temple all the vessels made to Baal for Asherah and for all the hosts of heaven. These are idols set up in this place of worship to Almighty God. And he says, we're going to do something about that. We're going to rid the temple of these idols. The temple is meant for the worship of the one true God. And Josiah takes the idols out of the temple. He takes them outside the city and he burns them. He doesn't just stop there. He goes on in verse 5 to depose the ungodly priests. He takes care of the ungodly leaders that are in the religious community. Look at verse 7. He broke down the houses of the male cult prostitutes who were in the house of the Lord. It's hard to believe that this is happening in this place where people are supposed to be meeting with God. But he gets rid of the evil. Verse 8, he removed more ungodly priests. Verse 11, he removed the horses and chariots dedicated to false gods. The list goes on and on about how he takes action after feeling repentant for his own sin. And he does something in his community. Verse 14, he broke in pieces the pillars and cut down the ashram and filled their places with the bones of men. He destroys altars. He dug up bones and he burned them. I don't even know what this means, but I want you to know, and I hope you feel it, this is intense. He repents, the people follow, and then he deploys some action and leaders to purge the community of evil. 
He restores the festival of Passover, which was a feast commemorating God's redemption of his people from their bondage in Egypt. It was Israel's oldest feast and they'd quit doing it, but he restores this act of worship. This guy is busy doing things for God in the community. Look at verse 24. Moreover, Josiah put away all the mediums and the necromancers and the household gods and the idols and all the abominations that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem that he might establish, listen to this, that he might establish the words of the law that were written in the book that Hilkiah, the high priest, found in the house of the Lord. Things are going to change, and it began in his heart. And then we see it happening in his community. Look at verse 25. Before him there was no king like him, who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to all the law of Moses. Nor did any like him arise after him. Let's just stop there for a moment. There's going to be a plot twist here in a little bit. But for now, let's just admit that this is a really beautiful phrase. Before him, there was no king like him, nor did any like him arise after him. I've always wanted to be like Josiah. I've always seen him as someone to model my life after. Until recently when I read this passage. Now, I no longer want to be like him. I've always wanted to lead people who can lead their homes like Josiah led Israel, but no more. I mean, sure, I want for you and for me to have a reverence for God's word and the courage to lead others to take action for God. But there's something missing in his life, something so significant, so big, that it takes me from saying, I want to be like Josiah, to saying instead, I don't want to be anything like Josiah. It takes me from saying, I want to lead people who can lead their homes like Josiah to saying, I don't really want people to lead their homes like Josiah. Here is why. There's something missing. Nothing is said about how his faith impacted his own home. A lot is said about how God's word led him to repentance and how he took action in his work life. How he took action in his neighborhood. How he fought for justice in his community. But nothing is said about his own home and his own family. And the reason it's stunning is because after Josiah dies, his two sons become kings. One for three months and the other one for a little bit longer. And there's not much said about these two sons except for this in verse 32 and verse 37. Listen, he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. You hear that? This strikes me as incredibly sad. I've always held Josiah up as someone to emulate or someone to model my life after. But when I see these passages where Josiah, a man after God's heart who does so much in the community but neglects his own home, there is a problem. He attends church regularly. He's popular at work. He has many friends. He's a gifted leader. But there's no sign of God making a difference in his home. All that he did for God that was good got erased soon after his death because he never passed his faith on to his own children. Josiah was a great community leader, but he was unable to influence his own family to love God. This 
again, is terrifying. I wonder if he too quickly jumped out into the community and ignored the needs of his own family. I'm not trying to be mean to you, but if you're like me, you're convicted by this, and it begs the question, how can we remain tender to obey God's word, that's the first thing, with the courage to take action in our communities, that's the second thing that we see him doing, while at the same time, influence our families to revere God. Josiah proved it's possible to do the first two, have respect for God's word, take action in the community, while at the same time neglecting number three. Well, I have a suggestion on how we can do all three. First of all, we must model a commitment to God's word in our homes. Will your children have a memory of you reading the Bible often? We model a commitment to God's word in our home by reading it regularly. It needs to be out on the table. We need to hold off time with our kids or time with others in our home because we're spending time in God's word. We also need to prioritize frequent gatherings where the meaning of the Bible is being taught. This happens in the church. A church attendance and participation can never be optional. It is who we are as a community of faith. And when we are confronted with the truth of God's word, we must repent. We must turn away from sin and turn towards God in repentance. And I promise you, if you're willing to do this publicly in front of your family, it will build connections with those in your home and it will strengthen the relationships that you so long for. Here's why. Because your family members know you need God. They know it. You see, there's something really powerful when our kids or our spouse see us in that relationship with God where we say, God, we've heard your word, I feel convicted of it, and I don't wanna just say, wow, that's a powerful word, but I actually want to experience change. So God, forgive me, I wanna renew my commitment to you. You wanna build strong connections in your home? Start by building a strong connection with God. And oftentimes that begins with real genuine repentance. That's the first thing. The word of God must be centerpiece in our homes. And then whenever we hear God's word, we must obey. A second thing that we must do is we must not let any other idols be worshiped in our homes. Catch this. If your home is like mine, there is regularly idols that are trying to sneak into becoming objects of worship. I'm talking here about the idols of good grades or athletic success, or even friendships. I'm talking about the idols of sports teams or making money or accolades. I'm talking about the idols of excessive drinking, excessive eating, and excessive entertainment. Just as Josiah called out the idols, distracting people from the worship of Almighty God, I'm calling out in all of our homes the kind of idols that can be found. These are the idols that so easily get set up in my home and maybe yours. And let me tell you, 
You cannot worship those idols and at the same time fully worship Almighty God. If I tell my family that God is first place, yet I bow to the idol of success or the idol of money or the idol of friendships or the idol of whatever, they will leave my home just as Josiah's kids left his home without a love for God. You can tell them that God is important to you, but they'll see whether or not God is important to you. And if you're worshiping these other idols, and they will know, they will see, and they will begin to worship those idols too. If they, they'll leave your home without the kind of love for God that you want them to have. I wonder if Josiah was so focused on the evil in his own city that he ignored the idols in his own home. May that never be the case in our homes. And the third thing that we can do to have the kind of family that we long for, to kind of have the kind of family where the leaders are regularly in God's word and when confronted with sin, willing to repent, also willing to take courage to, to work in the community to bring justice where there's injustice, to bring renewal where things are broken, but also the kind of family where our children will grow up and leave the home loving God and caring about the things that God cares about the world. The third thing that we must do is we must involve the people in our home to bring renewal to the broken places of our city. This is, this is the kind of sermon where it, it's, it's all-encompassing. It's a kind of sermon where I'm trying to bring to you a vision for your home that's going to probably require some change. It starts with repentance in your heart and in my heart as the leaders of our home for the ways we've disobeyed God. It requires some purging of idols that have been set up in our home. You know, the little idols, the things that, that we try to worship alongside God, it doesn't work like that. But, but I'm also trying to set a vision in your heart for your home to be the kind of place that with courage will deploy into the broken places of our city to do God's work. Hey, this is a really great time for us as a community of faith. For those of you that are in Christ, I'm talking to you. It's a great time for us to Think about the resources that God has given us, time and energy and money, and to ask God for where we can put those resources in the city to bring renewal and hope. I know it's a big word, I know it's a strong word, and I hope you hear it in love, but I also hope you hear it in power. So let's think on and pray about these things. Pastor Andrew is gonna come and lead us in a time of response.